Hey, another VO Podcast listeners, it's Jake here with Troy Alden and of course our guy in the field, Charles DeVoice Coates. We just wanted to pop on this episode before uh, you, we get into it and just say uh, we hope you guys have a happy holidays or a Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy, what's the Jewish one? Hanukkah. That's right. <laughs> I'm just. I'm so sorry. My mind blanked right there. If you're Jewish, I apologize. Uh, but yeah, happy Hanukkah. Happy all the holidays, guys. Um, did you guys have anything you want to say to listeners before we get into Michael's episode? Yeah, I hope you're just sitting around enjoying your favorite uh, Christmas cookies or or holiday treats, whatever you enjoy. And uh, thank you for listening. Nice. Yeah, thanks for hanging with us all year. We look forward to next year. Hope everybody has a safe and happy holiday. And uh, yeah, we'll be back. What about you, Charles? You know, just happy holidays. Just remember to reach out to people you maybe maybe haven't reached out to. Uh, think of people that that uh, that have less than you have uh, this year, and that that we are all truly blessed uh, in every way. So, happy holidays and happy new year. All right. Well, thank you uh, guys for doing this with me. And uh, yeah, from the crew over here at another VO podcast, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Love our listeners. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Hello and welcome to another VO podcast. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't this do is that. gross. If you feel like this a grape is... and don't have raisins, don't do that. You have two nostrils. Okay. This wins right. the most disgusting episode so far. It's something that I still do, and I still do it and love it. Don't do that. Look, awards are great. Some are obviously more prestigious than others. This month, coming up right here on this podcast... Speaking of things that you may not want to know. Come sit in somebody's lap. Don't do that. People know I hire talent sometimes, so I get 500 business cards at the conference, too. Guess what? They stay in the room when I leave. They wanted a British accent. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. And I don't have any samples with a British accent. Hey, guys. How's it going? Welcome back to another VO podcast. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another VO podcast. We're continuing our list of guests that we're interviewing all the way through the holiday season. And actually, it sounds like we're going to go into the new year quite a bit. So I'm excited for all the guests we've already had and the ones coming up. Jake, Troy, how are you guys doing? Doing pretty good, good man. Yeah, good yeah. morning. Good yeah. morning. excited to have Michael today? Yeah. Yes, sir. Why yes, wouldn't sir. I be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, today our guest... Our special guest is Michael Cussman. I'm saying that right, I'm, I hope. Michael Cussman. And I think this is our first out of country, out of the U.S. guest. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Where are you yeah, at? I think so. I believe that's right. So yes. Michael is in, I'll, I'll let you say where you're yeah. from, Michael. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm about 20 minutes outside of Toronto. So just uh, oh, up north okay. here, guys, in Canada. Sweet. Yeah. And yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's always nice because anytime I uh, I bill a uh, you know a U.S. client, mm-hmm. no taxes. That's oh what's up. yeah yeah. <laughs> now are you are you all uh, north south or or what of Toronto? I'm just a little bit east of Toronto, east. In a little city okay. called Burlington. Burlington. Oh okay okay. The coat factory. I used to, 
<laughs> yeah, Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> Factory. Right. Yeah. right. Now, I used to yeah. uh, I used to travel up that way quite a bit. I had a uh, I worked for a company that was headquartered in Penetanguishene. Interesting. And, uh, uh, yeah, up there on the uh, up there on the the lake, beautiful, beautiful country yeah. up there. And, and and there were times I would have to fly into Buffalo and drive up, uh, beautiful drive. But uh, I always enjoyed coming up there. I'll never forget my first experience at a Tim Hortons. Um, <laughs> I went in. Uh, I was had landed late at night at the airport. I was going. I thought I'm going to fall asleep. I got another hour to drive. And I stop at a Tim Hortons and I tell the guy what I wanted in my coffee. And he turned around and started yelling something about Dubba Dubba something. I, I had no clue what he was saying. Yeah, double Double. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess I got double sweetener, double cream or whatever. And he's like, yeah, medium coffee, Dubba Dubba. You know, I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like That's the old the Canadian staple there. Two cream, two sugar. Call it a yeah. Double Double. <laughs> yeah, I, had, I learned that one real quick. So, <laughs> But beautiful country. Well, Michael's uh, been in voiceover for a while, and I'm going to let him tell his own story. But before we get into that, I have a really, really important question. And I need to know, because a lot of Americans say this incorrectly. Is it Canada goose or Canadian goose? It's got to be Canada goose. It is. Yes, yeah. it is Canada goose. Indeed. Well, there, I'm thinking of the brand Canada goose. Um, yeah. Well, the yeah. bird is a Canada goose too. It's not a, it's not a Canadian goose. It's not uh it's not a card carrying resident of Canada. <laughs> Correct. What I if mean. it was a different type of goose from Canada? Would it then be a Canadian goose? <laughs> That's a good question. Would it be uh crossing the border illegally in that case? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> all, all, I right. Think, all I can think of is, is somebody getting goosed. You know, <laughs> yeah, or somebody no. grabs you, grabs you in the side, and I'm thinking that's a Canadian goose. So, yeah, <laughs> or a don't Texas mess around goose with those or... things, guys. If you see them, those things. No, who's no, standing no, behind yeah, you? Definitely not. Well, they're no joke. Where's well. the person standing behind you? Yeah, that's, that's true. They will come after you. Oh yeah, they will come after you. I was I watched a disc golf because Jake and I are big into disc golf. Mm -hmm. I watched a disc golf tournament that was at a park right next to a park where they had all kinds of geese that populated the lake around there and a disc went into where those geese were <laughs> they would not let they would not let the uh, owner of that disc come retrieve it yeah wow. I chasing it. him away <laughs> sounds anyway fun. anyway that's fun <clears throat> canada goose you are correct and so so you move on to round two Anyway, Michael, you do a lot of stuff uh, besides just voiceover, and I'm going to let you get into that. But first of all, um, talk to us about your unique path into getting to voiceover, because it's different from Jake, Troy, and I. Everybody seems to have their own unique path and how they stumbled into this wonderful right. world of voiceover. Yeah. And for me, I'm going to try and keep this not too long-winded, but um, I went to university um, just for kind of a general communications degree during which time, um, I did a couple courses in broadcast. I got to kind of see the ins and outs of, let's call it a studio setup, what that looked like, mm. how audio was recorded, how video was captured. And after university, I didn't really jump, you know, I, I definitely didn't jump right into voiceover. Um, I was a teacher actually. I went back and did a, a year of teacher's college. I taught high school for four years, Whoa. loved it, enjoyed it. Yes. And, um, but was missing that 
creative, there was a bit of a creative void, um, you know, in my life that all of us VOs, you know, seem to have and have the need mm-hmm. to satisfy. Mm-hmm. And yep. anyways, I was, uh, during my time in university, I was actually a, a live announcer at a theater. Yeah. And um, what I did was I emceed events that happened in the, actually just outside the theater in the town square. Uh-huh. And then during um, <clears throat> performances at the theater, I was actually doing some live announcing. Really? Um, yes. And I'm going to call that my official intro into voiceover. Sure. And then sure enough, somebody in the city was like, uh, hey, you have a really great voice. Do you think you could record the uh, the voicemail, you know, messaging for the entire city? Oh, and I wow. was like, Ooh, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Like, <clears throat> you know, they just had it kind of general somebody, you know, just doing their thing. And I was like, I'd, I'd be honored. And I tell you, during that, I'm going to call it that session, I never had so much fun at work. Yeah. And recording, <laughs> you know bland voicemails all day. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was telling Alden <laughs> yesterday too, I, it still hadn't clicked into me that voiceover was like, you know, a thing, a career. Mm-hmm. And then one day I was driving home and I just heard this thunderous imaging voice, uh, coming across on one of the stations here in Toronto, kiss F kiss FM. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that's when it clued into me that Hey, this is somebody somewhere recording this, you know, not on camera, just with a microphone. And now, you know, some stuff has happened to it. It's got all these effects, sound effects, vocal effects. It's been heavily processed. And now it's rumbling through my speakers, going right through my soul. Yeah. (laughs) And since then, I became obsessed with radio imaging. And... I wasn't, you know, I didn't stumble into voiceover as the conversational guy next door. I stumbled into voiceover as, you know, announcer voice, heavily processed. <laughs> and, the fun um, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and for then, sure. You know, sure enough, um, I was introduced to the wide, you know, umbrella of voiceover and, you know, different types of reads, e-learnings, my teaching background lent itself nicely to mm-hmm. e-learning reads. Oh, I, I can only imagine. Yeah. I felt very natural with explaining things. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of explainers, <laughs> did a lot of e-learning projects, which regrettably I'm slowly seeing a dip in, and I'm going to attribute that to the AI. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, the commercial world and the imaging world is a bit more nuanced. Whereas some of these long form kind of meat and potato of the industry, you know, company for companies, I'm, I think it just has to be for a lot of them just good enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And right. these AI voices regrettably yeah. are at the point where they are not good, but good enough. And, you know, if a company's can, you know, wants to save money, uh, a lot of them are going to choose to do so. Sure. That being said, I don't want to discourage any of our listeners who are new VO people. There's, you know, there is a ton of work out there and there's always room for a good nuanced voice actor, um, particularly, you know, in the commercial world, in the animation world, and still a lot of companies are hiring. I still do a bunch of e-learning work. I still, you know, do explainer work. So, um, 
Have you had anybody reach out to you saying, we were going to use an AI voice, but we just don't like how it sounds. Can you go ahead and do this? I mean, like that's always encouraging to hear. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely I have. And and I completely agree. Um, anytime I see or, you know, have someone reach out, it's, it's not often, but people do reach out. Hey, Mike, you know, we tried, uh, you know, we tried an AI voice, but the client wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And I just, that just warms my heart. I'm like, mm-hmm. yep. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we like to absolutely. hear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of opinions about that because I, I just feel like, you know, saving the buck there, especially when it's employee training. If you don't take it seriously, seriously enough to put a human voice to it, then the employee's not going to take it seriously. What you're trying to train them in. That's that's mm-hmm. my opinion. I, I think I think a lot of companies and industries are going to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, that being true. said, too, guys, I uh, I vow in front of you three fine gentlemen, I will never audition for or put my name in the hat for any AI related VO jobs mm-hmm. as high paying yeah. as they may be. Right. Yep. Right. Same. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. We well, high. It appears high, but they're really in the long term. They're super low, super right. cheap. Yeah. Yep. You know, st- yeah. Stealing your voice and and you know we talked about it in another program you lose your right to compete in that industry against your own voice, mm-hmm. you know? So if you sell your voice to somebody here, well, you can't do anything of their competitors for live stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. it's not a good thing to do. So yeah, a lot of I deceit. Just, I don't mean to, uh, to ramble too much, but I just want to mention my production, uh, how I got into the production side of things. Oh, as yeah, well. yeah, yeah. 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 So you're like not rambling. Anyway, this is so. your episode, man. We want to hear all about <laughs> you. Yeah, exactly. We want to know. Thank you. Um, I, uh, as I mentioned, I became obsessed with radio imaging and what I did was I volunteered at uh, a station here uh, just outside of Toronto and God bless them. They, they had me, um, they took me in. I got to be a fly on the wall for, you know, two, three months there. And just the director of imaging there was just such a welcoming gentleman and just really showed me the ropes of not only producing radio imaging, but producing commercials. Yeah. And, you know, the commercials that go on the air daily. Now I should mention that radio is kind of the wild west in terms of specs. Um, you know, the, te- <laughs> the television world is a bit more nuanced in terms of, you know, the, yeah. the specs, but, um, I learned so much, um, you know, from simple things like, you know, where to get my music, what music beds to use, um, how to remix and chop up music beds, how to, you know, how to create production templates and work with vocal effects and sound effects, where to get those. And, you know, I, I attribute a lot of my success to um, that gentleman who just, again, really showed me the ropes. And I would, in my spare time, just go home and just produce radio imaging yeah voice it produce it i have a massive library of about a thousand spots that will never go on air of just me practicing radio imaging that's Mm -hmm. amazing Mm -hmm. and me and alden were talking about this yesterday briefly but you know for all the voice actors listening you really have to do yeah you know you really you can read a book you can you know take lessons with your coach, which I absolutely, you know, recommend people do seek out Mm -hmm. coaching. If I could redo my journey again, I would have sought out coaching a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you have to just create. 
Same thing with explainers. I used to write, when I was had downtime, I would just write explainer videos, how to clean your room. You know what I mean? And just, <laughs> That's awesome. and just That's awesome. practice by creating and doing. And yeah. again, I attribute a lot of my success in voiceover to my coaches who, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about coaching later, but mm-hmm. to also just doing and not, you know, sitting around waiting for jobs to come and being like, you know, let me, um, I don't know, just audition, 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 but actually get behind the creative side of things and, you know, write the script, mm-hmm. voice it and, yeah. you know, learning by, by doing. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I, I find that I, I have become better at what I do by helping others too, mm-hmm. because uh, I'll hold these little workshops with four people and they come in and, and they're at different levels. You know, maybe they're brand new, maybe some been doing it a few years and listening to what they do and how they stumble through a script or how they don't interpret the changes in the script. And I can say, wait, 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 you got to do this and this. And then it makes me pay more attention, you know, as I go back. And I totally agree with the doing. And I feel sorry for Jake and Alden uh, because um is his name Alden or Alden? I forget. Come on. It's Alden. Come on. It's Alden. Yeah. I know. I know. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I feel sorry for them because on those those down periods, they are the victims who get all of my stuff that I'm I'm working on. Because <laughs> like, I don't have anybody to teach. You know, nobody That's has taught me. That's part of the accountability uh, group, it though. Is. I mean, sure, like we signed sure. up and, for it. But nobody had – I didn't have anybody to go to and say, teach me imaging. I had to listen to it and then try to mimic it and try to figure it out. And then as, you know, Mike did a demo for me and then I tried to listen to what things he did in that demo and how do I reproduce some of that, you know, and, and I mm-hmm. haven't gotten it to where I'm good at it, but it's good enough uh, in a way kind of like, AI, I guess I hate to say that, but it's good enough to where it's it's satisfactory that I can build on it and make it better. But it as he said, now I've got something to do and work at to, to get good at it. And I really enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I get a lot of joy from sitting and doing that stuff. So I, I get what he's saying. Yeah. Totally. I believe in the, uh, the rule of 10,000 that it takes 10,000 hours of doing anything to become what is considered world-class. And even mm-hmm. then, you know, uh, 10,000 hours is a lot, by the way. Yeah. It's a whole lot. Um, and so to do, that's how you get better at stuff is you just do it. Yep. So that's that's pretty impressive, uh, Michael, a thousand files that nobody will ever hear just because you yeah. practiced it. Yeah. But, you know, what they do here is the results of of the skills that you gained for sure. So mm-hmm. I, I do want to talk a little bit more about radio imaging because that was one of your first entrees into voiceover. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the, the things that whet your appetite for that creative side of, of, you know, of expressing your, your voice. What um, we've heard, and, and I think it's true that radio imaging is one of the most difficult niches to break into in voiceover. So how was that journey for you? When did you get your first radio imaging gig and how did you grow and add stations? Cause I think you told me yesterday you have like over 30 some stations or something like wow. that. Wow. That's Correct. what's up. Yes. That's super. Um, yeah, thank you. I will parrot that uh, notion that radio imaging is difficult to break into. And that is because specifically more so on a terrestrial station, but once you are the voice of a station, they're typically not making a change until, you know, 
five years, let's say, I don't know, every once in a while, you know, maybe the station goes through an overhaul and they decide, Hey, we want to switch the voice. But, you know, once you are the voice of a station, um, you know, you're, you're there, you're set. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And therein also lies a bit of the beauty of radio imaging as an avenue and voiceover, because as you gentlemen know, we, we work in a industry that's a bit unreliable at times. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. And we don't have, you know, those clients that come back, you know, that we can, you know, rely on and, you know, yeah. they do come back, but sporadically and, you know, we never know when they're going to pop up. Whereas radio imaging, you can, you know, you can bet that every month they're coming back at you with a whole page of, you know, little liners, little snippets, little promos that, you know, they want you to voice. So, I encourage people to explore the genre. You don't have to be a production wizard to break into radio imaging. Um, you don't need some crazy, you know, announcer voice either. A lot of the imaging being produced now is so is you know conversational, funny, comical, charactery, nuanced, and you know I think it it probably gets a bad rap of being you know an announcery type of. Uh, genre but and it is to an extent there's lots of you know spots that are but there is i tell you it's like the wild west in terms of voiceover you're going to do a whole bunch of different stuff Mm. it's clients you can rely on and let me tell you how i got my clients and how i recommend people get their clients radio imaging first is one of those genres where i think you do need a a demo in for that genre when it comes to like an explainer or an e-learning, I think you can book work based off of your commercial demo, but imaging being the kind of unique unicorn that it is, I think you do, if you really want to market, you know, yourself properly, you do need to, you know, present them with a specific imaging demo. Mm -hmm. So, you know, once you have that, it's just a matter of doing what we do guys, which is sending that thing out, doing Mm -hmm. direct marketing And online radio is massive now, right? The terrestrial radio over the air is, you know, obviously still very prominent, but there are tons and tons and tons and tons of online radio stations, people just starting up and they don't even have an image imaging voice or imaging. So you just be creative, jump on Google, type in online radio stations, send that demo out to everybody and you'll be surprised at you know, again, how many people maybe don't even have, you know, are not at the point where they've, you know, got their imaging in order Mm -hmm. and they're, you know, very receptive to having someone reach out to them, you know, to be a part of, you know, their, their station. Yeah. And the budget might be, you know, the wild west when it comes to online radio right now as well, but that's a client you can grow with, start with. And I got one client who, he was a radio guy and he wanted to branch out on his own and start a small radio station. And, um, same thing. I reached out to him. I, he, you know, with my demo, he got back to me and said, you're the voice of the station. And now he's got, he's built up this radio network where he's got like 12 stations of all different genres (laughs) that, yeah, that I'm the voice for three of them. Wow. Yeah. And I, I do a ton of casting as well. I do all the casting for all the other voices, do all the imaging, the production, and it's one of my most profitable ventures. 
Yeah. Reaching out awesome. to a simple online, you know, who knows how many listeners type of radio station right. has blossomed into, again, a very profitable venture. And you just, you never know, guys. Yeah. You, uh, have you run into, um, and this is one thing I'm a part of, I guess is why I ask, where somebody comes up with a format and they will sell that exact same format to a lot of different online stations. Like the one I'm doing right now is Rebel Legends Country. So it's Rebel Legends in Texas, Rebel Legends in Utah, Rebel Legends in you know several states. Do you have clients that have something similar to that, or? Um, I I don't. I I think you're you're referring to like a kind of like what I was just talking about, like a network of. Know, a bunch of different stations. Yeah, and I think I think states. what they are, and I could be mistaken, is they there are some stations that will for so many hours a day just buy, you know, that they're purchasing to subscribe to that and let it play on their station, like in between their morning and afternoon. So they brand mm. that as Rebel Legends Country, and then they then they dress it up, you know, for each each uh, place. So. What I get to do, kind of like what you were saying, I'll get in a, a bunch of liners for that month, and it's they're talking about, hey, it's basketball season and blah, 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 and whatever, and it's this, 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 depending on which market it, it's going in. But the basis of it that they create is the same. They don't have to recreate anything for all 12 stations. All they have mm-hmm. to do is change the call letters and maybe a few little things. And it's it's kind of like multi-branding, and they go to these real small towns that where they may have a little morning thing and they have people come in and get interviewed. And then like from nine o'clock till three in the afternoon, they run this pre, you know, pre-bought or whatever they call it. It runs automatically and nobody's even at the station from nine to three. Pretty mm-hmm. cool. I mean, I've seen it and they do that even here in town, but it amazed me that you know, when I first heard it, that they can just take that and duplicate it and just say, all right, we'll give it to this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And, you know, all these stations are running this prepaid stuff. I just never knew that went on. It was pretty neat. To see. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's amazing. Cool. Amazing. Um, I have. Uh, I, well, I just want to make a point because we've mentioned to our listeners it's been some time that everything you've done before, because a lot of people come into voiceover later. You know, it's not like they go to 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 college for voiceover and then come right out and they're casting their yeah. first jobs. They, they've had a life before and each of us have had that experience. And Michael, that's a part of your story too. But it's interesting to see that everything you did before, your, your, your university classes in broadcast, your teach, teaching experience, all of that is used in your voiceover. So, you know, for people trying to break into voiceover, let me encourage you that everything you've done before, that can be used. It's like, it's like, it's like somebody who's an author, like the great authors, you see them, it's like the second half of their life. Mm-hmm. And because they're calling on all the experiences they've had earlier in life, all the stories, and now those are coming into great fiction books that we get to enjoy. Mm-hmm. All the experiences you have in work and in play are used in, in your creation of voiceover. So, you know, it's okay to come in late. Like I came in pretty late. So I yeah, just wanted nice. to make that point in the middle of our interview here. <laughs> I think I, I win that award. Though. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to cut you I think there, I get right. the really late award. Really late award. All right. Yeah. Guys, well, I Michael, I want... sorry, if I could just 
pipe in there. Yeah. I got a great story about that. I got a lady who reached out to me in her 70s who wanted to do a voiceover demo. Mm-hmm. I was I was baffled. We did the demo, whatever. You know, I, I, I told her, I'm like, you know, we're going to need to do a couple coaching sessions before. She was brand new. We did those. She saw it through, did her demo in her 70s. And she said, I've never had, you know, more fun in my life than doing this. I feel like a teenager again. And sure enough, in one year, she's got a national spot on TV. How many ladies in their 70s are doing voiceover? She has virtually no competition. That's so good. That's pretty incredible. I love that. That's That's what I keep hoping. I keep hoping, you know. Well, you're not a lady in your 70s. Maybe when when you're a lady in your 70s, Troy. I want to be an old man in my 70s before long, so (laughs) it's coming. Get ready. I want to be be the oldest living radio imaging guy. That's that's my goal. Mm. Well, you know. Never mind. I'm going to go. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> okay. okay. Take a hit list there. I'm just kidding. I'm and just and kidding. don't don't let me hang us up on imaging because I could talk about imaging all day. Yeah, I, was, I just I, I grew up wanting. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I grew up as a kid wanting to be a disc jockey, wanting to be on the radio, and similar to to what Mike was saying, I go to school and I find out what they make. And the hours are going to work and all the stuff they really got to do. And you're only on the air for a few hours and you're doing all this other stuff and you're going to make at least, you know, 18,000 a year back then. And I'm like, no, I think I'll get a business degree. Mm. And um, yeah. yeah. And and then here you come back 40 years later. Here's voiceover. You can do it at home. And, and this is as fun, if not funner, if that's a good word. Funner. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So when you started, when you, like when you, after you, you know, kind of had your like moment of, aha, I could do this, you know what I mean? Like, was your first goal to like get set up at home or were you still using equipment like elsewhere, like a setup elsewhere? Like when, did you immediately kind of start thinking about how you could make your own setup at home or since you were kind of like volunteering or since you were kind of working at the other place? Like when did that transition happen where like, I should get a home setup? You know what I mean? Like I should, I should set my own stuff up. Yeah. So I, uh. So this is well before I kind of like really sunk my teeth into, you know, into the genre before I volunteered at the station. Mm-hmm. I bought some cheap dynamic microphone, not even a condenser mic, jumped into, stuffed myself into my childhood bedroom closet and, <laughs> and just started, you know, again, just started recording stuff. Um, terrible sound, like the acoustics, the microphone, <laughs> like everything was wrong. and and you know sure enough after i did some research after i spent time at the station after i really developed that trained ear Mm -hmm. um you know i i didn't just throw together a, a nice studio i uh i spent time in in the closet for damn near three years and made a great living out of the closet Mm -hmm. and recorded national spots out of the closet and have Mm -hmm. even now I produce, you know, spots that a lot of the times are being recorded out of the closet. It's isolated. It's acoustically. (laughs) Yeah. You know, great. Mm -hmm. As far as I'm concerned, every single walk-in closet, you know, is a recording studio. Right there. I am in Um, a closet myself right now. Yes. (laughs) And slowly, you know, slowly as I, you know, developed and, you know, started to make some money, I, I built a nice home studio and have a little bit more room to, to breathe. But, um, 
you know, I, uh, I'll have to send you guys a picture. I have my first kind of DIY VO booth, which is just, you know, a mess. Yeah. And, you know, now, you know, I'm sitting in, uh, I'm going to call it a, a nice, uh, home studio that's, um, you know, treated and spacious and, you know, got all the gadgets and all that good stuff, but it definitely did not happen overnight. Yeah, you could do a where you started versus where you're at now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For sure. How big For is sure. your room? Do you are do you record record in the open room? How big is your room? Yeah. So I'm in a very small bedroom here. Um, okay. So it's not quite an open room. Uh huh. Um, or like a you know a big bedroom that's you know very sure. roomy. It's quite yeah. small, and you know think I think of it as like a big walk-in closet, and I've just got you know, acoustic panels everywhere. I've got, uh, I've got, uh, I still have a rack actually of clothing that I keep because in my head, nothing beats the clothes guys. And it's better than, the, cur- better than the acoustic yeah. curtain. Yeah. 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 So I got, I got panels on the walls. I got a nice rack kind of just in front of me here with like uh, a ton of my fiance sweaters and, you know, yeah. warm, you know, clothes and, uh, and yeah, but uh, well, yeah, honey, you can't wear that sweater bag. today. I'm recording. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you got to wear good VO clothes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. You talked a little bit about uh, your coaching uh, demo production. You also do um, uh, audio presets. You help uh, uh, voiceover artists with that. So for voiceovers listening, uh, Michael is a great resource. But talk a little bit about how you got into. Uh, the demo side of things, obviously you have a great ear for that. Um, at what point in your VO did you decide, hey, I'm, I'm going to start offering some demo uh, production for people and um, talk about the wide range and how people can get a hold of you? Yeah, so regarding the demo production, um, I got to a point in my <clears throat> in my career where I heard w- with respect to all the my competition that's out there. I heard what they were doing. Um, I saw what they were charging and I was appalled. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I knew, and even like, you know, chatting with my mentor, I was like, I could do this better. I wholeheartedly believe I can do this better than what's out there. And again, with respect to a lot of my competition, I think, when you pay that premium fee, you know, they're outsourcing the scripting, they're outsourcing the production. Um, sometimes they're outsourcing the coaching and everybody's got to eat. Everybody's got to get paid. So, you know, they have to, they have to charge that as far as I'm concerned, an absurd amount of money. But I, I do want to reiterate guys that at the same time, while it may seem absurd to people starting in VO, if you're a well-accomplished voice actor who's booking national spots, like you could pay for that with one spot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yep. for for a lot of people who are starting or kind of at the mid um, mid level in VO, it is it is absolutely way too much, and I don't think it's you know I don't I think you should find a demo producer who's offering for sure a more fair rate. But, you know, if some accomplished VO, you know, who's making really, really good money, you know, that they're, they're paying, you know, they're paying it off in one job. Mm-hmm. So, 
Anyways, what I wanted to do and what my kind of niche has been in demo production is charging what I believe is a fair rate for all voice actors, whether you're new, whether you're in your mid-level or whether you're, you know, even an accomplished voice actor, um, charging a fair rate and not outsourcing anything. Um, <clears throat> again, I write the scripts. I typically how my demo process works. I'll just get into that quickly is I write the scripts. I connect with my client via zoom. You know, we kind of go over what their niche is, what their strengths are. Um, you know, we develop kind of a game plan from there. I write custom scripts, you know, all relevant, um, modern and client appropriate. And from there, the client and I will connect via zoom or via whatever we'll spend typically an hour or two hours. There's really no time limit on the session, just ironing out every spot down to the last nuance. Because the last thing I want to have is, you know, for something as important as a demo, A, we never want it to be rushed. And B, you know, I don't want them recording on demo day thinking that and, and me throwing curveballs at them. <laughs> we iron out all the kinks in a coaching session prior to yeah. the actual demo recording. Yeah. So that like way, that. when it comes to demo day, it's just a matter of laying down the audio. We do a bunch of different takes. We got a session again. There's no time limit. There's no rush. We book a time where, you know, we have all the time we need and we just lay down takes, takes, takes. Again, we know where we want to go. So there's no curveballs. And then once all the audio is recorded, it's just a matter of, you know, then I get to do my thing, full production, mix master, music, sound effects, vocal tuning. Um, and then it's sent back to them. Something's not sitting well, you know, we fix it, any revisions needed, we fix it. And I got to tell you guys, um, I don't want to sound like a salesman here, but I have a lot, like my clients are, are very, very happy with. I can only imagine, dude. Yet for what they pay. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I mean, like based on everything you just described there, and I, I, I'm not familiar with your rates, but based on you know how you're talking about them, I mean, like, that's a real value Mm -hmm. that maybe you wouldn't consider if you're in that newer to mid-level voice. I mean, you know, you come to expect it after a certain time, especially if you've been, had a couple of demos made. But if you're just getting in or if you've been in for a little while and you're looking to upgrade your demos or maybe you haven't had a demo yet, like just the value in what you've described so far is, I mean, invaluable, really. I mean, like it's just that's a that's a real deal. You know, and uh, that's something that's needed when you are going to go in for a demo. Mm -hmm. So right. and we're happy to we're definitely happy to uh, pass your name along to anybody that we know that's yep. looking for something like that. Um, did I say your demo, your services? We're happy yeah. to yep, pass right. on your services uh, yep. to anybody that's looking for that, because, uh, again, again, I think that's just invaluable uh, to oneself if that's what you're needing in, in your voiceover career. Mm -hmm. For yep. sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, How, what is your that? What is your preference on how people reach out to you? Um, typically through email. Um, okay. I do have a website, michaelcussmanvoices.com. Nice. Uh, my last name, Cussman, has two N's. It's my kryptonite, M-A-N-N. Um, <laughs> oh, I see, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's michaelcussmanvoices.com. Um, on there, I have my, you know, my business phone, my email address. If you reach out to me via email, um, I find that's the best way. You know, if you want to, if anybody wants to consult regarding, you know, if they're in the market for a demo, um, you know, I'm, uh, we can jump on a Zoom call and, and yeah, 
just just through email is uh, is best. I'm also on Instagram, uh, Michael Cussman Voices, and a separate account, Voiceover Demo Production. You can DM me on there as well. Yes. Really, any any uh, any platform is good by me. Cool, cool, cool. And uh, that's one of my goals for 2024 is updating my demo. So I will be getting a hold of you when the time happens for that. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that, Alden. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine be, you guys are going to make some magic. Yeah, you've been on my radar for a while. So uh, when Troy mentioned that uh, we were going to get a chance to have you on, I was excited about that. And and I hope people reach out to you. Uh, because, I'm sure they will. You I'm know, sure will. I, I, I think that all across the voiceover landscape, there are people who dream about getting in, but just don't start for whatever reason. They, they watch the YouTube videos, they listen to podcasts, they follow uh, the Facebook groups, but they don't actually go out and, as I love what the booth junkie says, go out and record something amazing. They right. don't get in the booth and just start doing it. And, um, and your prices and the services you offer really can help voiceovers at any level. So especially those who are wanting to get into it, I think should check you out. And I hope they do. So, well, thank you for that. And guys, you guys have already, I didn't know how much pull Troy had in the industry. I got people <laughs> emailing me saying, Hey, uh, I, uh, heard about you through Troy Holden and I'm just like, Troy has been a godsend for me. He's, I don't know. <laughs> you, go. you know, what's funny, Michael, Troy doesn't know how much pull he has in the industry either. Yeah. Uh, Troy, just, Troy always talks. I'm so surprised. So-and-so reached out to me. He's like, oh, really? With your 1500 followers on your voice Facebook group, you're surprised people know <laughs> yeah. who you are? Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I just am because uh, I, I, you I don't think realize that, I think, it when it's you. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it is. And then the other side of it is, well, if that many people know, how come I'm not doing a lot more business? I don't understand this. Why am I not this? <laughs> But there's one so has nothing to do with the other. That, though. You yeah. can't just, I mean, there's so many factors Two that branches. play into that. Right, yeah. Two well, branches I, of the same tree. I've always believed in being a giving person and sharing and mm -hmm. being transparent. And I think that's what people see. And that's why they, yeah, you know, they'll yeah. listen to what you say. But this, I, I wouldn't get on here and hawk the services that Mike offers if I didn't truly believe in them and haven't had them myself. I mean, oh, yeah. I literally just sent him a file of my own stuff that I just made it up for imaging. And that uh, the demo he put together led to me getting that first uh, job with USA Audio. And wow. then they start what they started doing, which really helped was every time they recorded imaging for me, they would send me back the whole package fully produced where I could chop that up and drop it in with it. So I could mix it and say, you know, here's some actual stuff in there, too. That's cool. And between the two of those things, you know, then I, I was able to land a management company for imaging. And I haven't booked anything through that yet. I think it'll come. It's just yep. going to take time because there's a lot of marketing that goes on with that. And you just started. But, uh, yep. And I just started with it. Right. But, you know, it's it's the one genre I love. And that's why I said, watch out. I'll get off on an imaging tangent and there will stay because I well, really, really yeah. love it. I tried recording some radio imaging over the summer and, and riding the spots. And I guarantee you, no one will ever hear those. <laughs> <laughs> like the, Come on, like the all thousand imaging uh, recordings that Michael has archived somewhere. Nobody will hear those. It's yeah, my, you I, know, my first try and, and it was fun, fun working on it. And I look, look forward to kind of diving back into that when I get, get a chance to. Troy and Jake, do you have any more questions for Michael? Yeah, I mean, he, he mentioned Good. it earlier, but uh, just to, you know, because I know we're kind of 
coming near the end here. Um, well, we're out of my questions, so that's true. No, Art, well, I didn't know that. I don't know why I said that's true. Um, just to touch on coaching, because something that we do stress uh, in in episodes past, where we've talked about when you're getting mm-hmm. into voiceover, like coaching is is imperative. Um, did you right away think? Oh, I should get a coach? Or were you like, well, I've got a little bit of experience doing this stuff, so maybe it'll translate and then eventually find, you know, I think I need to get a coach or were, I mean, just, you know, being who you are, you know, yeah, were you just like, you know what, I need to get a coach before I start doing anything crazy? Like, how did that all work out for you? And then who are some of the coaches? And we don't have to go into super detail, but who are some of the coaches that that had, that have kind of helped you along the way? And we can kind of give them a little shout out here. Yeah, great, great question. Um, so... When I started in that, my childhood bedroom closet with the dynamic mic, I did everything backwards. I did everything the wrong way. Sure. <laughs> I jumped on voices.com, so excited, thinking I was going to be a, you know, the next big thing in voiceover, auditioned for everything that was even remotely in my wheelhouse mm-hmm. and heard crickets. Yep. Right. For so long. Not only was my sound completely off, but my performance was atrocious. And let Mm. me say this, guys, as somebody who really appreciates good sound quality, I would rather work with a VO artist whose performance is on point, but maybe their booth isn't quite as, you know, tuned up versus somebody with all the knickknacks whose performance is not um, on point. And as one of my VO coaches, Dave Walsh, used to say, story over sound. I started off my career auditioning, speaking in a voice that wasn't even my own, listening to myself, um, zero connection to the actual story, zero understanding of, um, you know, what really constitutes authentic human connection and the Mm -hmm. essence of an actual story. And it wasn't until I sought out coaching from people like I got to shout out Brad Highland, who Troy has worked with also. Yeah, we've all worked with Brad. All of us. Yeah, yeah. Brad's solid. He, I was uh, monotone, you know, he took a monotone kid and turned him into a reasonable storyteller. Let's say that. I also want to shout out um, Dave Walsh, who through his method, which he calls the true tell, really helped me... Um, feel confident to throw my name in the hat for some of the bigger jobs. And we all want to come out of the booth feeling good about what we just did. There's no better feeling than, you know, man, I really feel like, you know, even if I didn't win that job, I really feel like I, you know, did that story justice. I call them all stories. But um, when it comes to, you know, understanding the essence of a story or a script and understanding, you know, your context within it. Um, those, that was stuff that never even crossed my mind when I was that young kid in his, you know, bedroom closet, just spewing out words. Mm. And again, it wasn't until I saw coaching from some of these industry pros, I'm going to shout out, um, Brad Highland, Kim Handysides, e-learning, Tom Pinto narration, Dave Walsh commercial, um, that I really just became a voice actor, you know, emphasis on actor. Right. And, you know, 
as a teacher as well, I felt, you know, called to pass on a lot of what I learned via these uh, great coaches and, and offer some coaching as well. Um, it's definitely not the bulk of my business, but I have right. and do really enjoy working with new talent. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I can't stress enough if you're a new VO talent, you know, if you want to invest in something, you know, before you get a fancy mic or, you know, whatever else, get coaching and learn how to be an actor. Bingo. Bingo. We talk about very similar things, especially yep. in our earlier episodes, just because, <clears throat> yep. you know, like you pointed out, I mean, some people get in this industry and immediately they think, oh, I need the best mic. I need this. I need that. I need. And it's like, you really don't need to start there. You're, you're not necessarily wrong, uh, but you're not there yet. And there are much more important things to do first. Story so over great. sound, gentlemen. You're, that's that's coming from an audio engineer. Story over <laughs> sound. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I won't go too much into detail, but I kind of started backwards myself. Now, I did have an acting background. I came, I had a film agent for about 10 years and nothing ever crazy came from that, but I grew up acting, performing, whether it was in choir or like on stage and plays or musicals, yada, yada, yada. Um, and so I had, my dad had tried it, tried out voiceover. He trained with Joe Lesh for a small period of time. And then, um, he told me what he was doing and I sat there and I was like, I could do that. So that's what I did. I made like a, I mean, I did not have the foam. I just, I had literally just old blankets from around the house and like put them up in my closet at the time. And just, I got on voices.com just like you, you know what I mean? And then I, I did have success actually fairly quickly, but I realized I needed coaching if I wanted to do better. So, I mean, that came, that came later for me too. So I'm very much aware of the starting backwards situation uh, as well, but that's, but it's cool where you end up. Cause sometimes I feel like people need to start backwards to realize, Oh, I needed to do this. You know what I mean? You know, I, mm-hmm. I really, I really should do this first now and, or retrace my steps, so to speak and try something different, but that's really cool. And guys, I just want to say to all the the new VOs listening that Voices.com is tricky because if you start mm-hmm. there, it's so easy to get discouraged. Mm-hmm. You are competing yeah. with sharks with, you know, 20 plus years of experience, coaching, f- fancy studios, the whole nine yards. And at the end of the day, the best audition wins. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So don't get discouraged. I'm a big a fan of the direct marketing approach in terms of landing, you know, your first couple of jobs. And a lot of people don't want to do that work. And it's so easy. Get a little, write up a little, you know, template for an email, attach your demo, send it to five people a day. And it'll take you 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's going to be, you know, where I think a lot of new VOs find their first couple jobs, you know, versus, trying to compete with the, some of the big dogs on voices.com. I think it's a platform where, you know, a very small amount of talent are doing the bulk of the work. Right. And, you know, there's different tiers of memberships and stuff. And if you have Mm -hmm. kind of the basic membership and you're just a new VO, you know, you don't have your stuff in order. I don't think voices.com is the place to start. Right. You're better off starting on something like Fiverr, Upwork, better yet doing what I did, creating your own stuff and just, you know, even if you want to put it out there, put it out there on YouTube or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Good points. All good points. Yeah. Yep. And the um, the thing that, and this is an opinion I've said a few times on here, these December sales that they love to run on the pay to plays floods 
the platform. It puts another hundred or more people in there. Yeah. They somehow have the time to audition faster than us who are sitting here doing this for a living. I don't know how they get in so fast. And it's not the fact that they're either bad or good. It's the fact that it clogs it up so much sometimes where there's, you know, 200 auditions sent in on something. They're probably not going to listen to 200. They, they may listen to 25 or 30 and they're not going to listen very long. So, um, yeah, story over sound for sure right there. But um, I, I just think it's a, co- a combination of that. And, and I've also mentioned you know, Fiverr is not the place to start if you're expecting it to take off running like it True. did for some of us three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And and we got established enough that we have some business still coming from it and we, we stay in the algorithm well enough. But mm-hmm. I remember when I started, I think, if I remember correctly, there <clears> were like 500 new sellers in male voiceover at the time. And you go in there and look now and there's thousands of yeah. new sellers yeah. under male yeah. voiceover. So yeah. it's, it also is very tough, but you got to have, you know, tough skin. You got to have a lot of patience. You got to be uh, the person who wants to persevere and keep going and push, 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 push. If this is what you want to do, if you believe in it and you love it, do it the right way. Get the, get the coaching, get the training, do yep. the practice, record right. stuff, yep. read out loud for an hour a day, train your brain and your eyes to get ahead of your mouth and all those good things. And it can happen. It's not to say that it's so crowded you can't break through, but do it the right way. Really encourage people, yep. you know, take yep. the time, take the steps. You'll have to invest the money. You know, when I started, I don't think I spent $200 up front, maybe, and then I put up a PVC thing, and then the cat kept knocking it over, and then, <laughs> then I, you know, moved down in this room, and I was in this little bitty booth, and now I'm in a bigger room. And, you know, you can get to that eventually as income comes in, and you can afford to do that, but mm-hmm. get the basics, man, get the, get the yep. education. You don't want a guy cutting on you to do a surgical procedure that did not go to medical school, right? Well, you well, don't want to Depends on the situation. I mean, well, if you watch the YouTube video, zombie apocalypse or something. MacGyver it, you know, you right. can MacGyver me. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Right. You right. can tell the difference. And, and it's exactly what Mike said. There's a very small percentage of people booking most of that work. And right. he's right. Yeah. And we get our, we get our, what falls off the table sometimes. And that's okay. As you know, I always look at us as middle-class VOs and we're, we're we get what we get. Hey, I want to try something before we go. We've never asked a guest this before, but uh, Michael, before we leave, if there's just one brief thought you could leave our listeners with, what would it be? Oh, man. I absolutely love what what Troy just said. You know, all those little nuggets about reading out loud every day. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, I just want to parrot what we've been saying, guys. Like, get coaching create, you know, do, do, you know, versus watch or read. And as Troy said, an important thing, invest, right? Any business you start, you know, whether it's a, I don't know, painting company or a gym, like you, you have to invest in it. We're actually lucky in voiceover that, you know, if you're starting a gym, you got to go buy a commercial space then you got to buy thousands of machines and hire staff. We, compared to a lot of startups, have a very small amount to invest. And if you want this to be your business, you have to treat it like a business 
and you have to invest in your business. Bam. To this day, I will, you know, I'm doing three or four coaching sessions a year minimum. Wow. Right. And yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, I just really enjoyed this guys. This is actually my first, uh, first podcast I've been on. I, we got to do this. Oh, again wow. Sometime. Well, we are honored and we will wow. definitely Absolutely. have you back. Yeah. We will definitely yeah. have you back. Absolutely this is very honored. insightful. So yeah. Yep. We're, yeah. Well, I'll, I know we're running out of time, and, but I, I do want to get back off of VO because we are humans that have full lives. And I know that like us, Michael, you're not all work and no play. What do you do when you get outside of the booth? Right. Great question. Once you do, you know, find a good amount of success in this business, you're going to find yourself working in a room, oftentimes a dark room yep. by yourself. Um, and you know, us human beings, we crave movement. We crave community. Yep. Right. So for me, every day I'm getting up, whether I'm going to the gym or not, you know, I'm going on a nice walk. I'm getting out, I'm moving yeah. my body and community, getting involved in stuff, whether it's church. Uh, I play oh. hockey one night a week. Uh, oh, that's if anyone, awesome. If anyone didn't know I was Canadian, uh, I play hockey one <laughs> night a week. <laughs> that's really cool. Uh, with, with friends. and That's awesome. Yeah. So that's what I try to do. I, you know, I try to, you know, for when you're working from home in these, in these dark rooms, get up and move and, you know, get involved in some sort of community, whatever it may be. Yep. Cool. Good I, word. I think I'm, I I'm going to rebrand uh, Mike as the nicest guy in VO. There you uh-huh. go. Nicest guy. Brand. Yeah. That would fit. That, that would, would fit. fit. Oh, I, I've enjoyed this. It's been this great. has been excellent. Advice. Excellent, yeah. Michael. Um, I can't wait to work with you again and on, on my own demo when the time happens because um, I'm excited about that. And you've been a great guest and, and we, we are out of questions, but we could probably talk for a lot longer, oh, but gosh, uh, we are, yeah. we have run out of time and we don't want to keep our listeners too long and we don't want to take up all your time, but thank you for being very generous with us. We appreciate it. Um, and that's all we have for another VO podcast with Michael Cussman. I've been Alden with Jake and Troy. See ya. Contents of another VO podcast may cause drowsiness, itchy forehead, burning armpits, or headache. Some less known side effects include mashed toes, sore egos, irritable bowel, or just an old-fashioned case of red ass. Opinions given are not fact, but opinion, and names have been changed to protect the three idiots who record this podcast. This has been another VO podcast with Alden, Jake, and Troy. Join us again next week on Spotify, Google, Amazon, Apple, and most all major podcast platforms.